Most of you have no foundation at all. Now, the trouble's with your attitude. Some sort of anal dumpster sex back there. What's going She's on? like crying well, with laughter right now. Shut up and sit down. But that movie in particular, I think, gave so many young boys a comedy boner that still yeah. has a front of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I spoke like him for basically six years. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There, there is definitely an army of annoying little adolescents running around uh, yeah. d- in the mid '90s, imitating yeah. uh, Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. All righty then. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, hi everybody. We're back. Yeah, we took a break. Shut the fuck up and leave us alone. It was Father's it was, Day. It was Father's Day, and we deserve it. Yeah. Uh, we spent time with our families and killed only about a third of them. So yeah, uh, that's pretty good for us. I, honestly, yes. Uh, I was. I mean, this is the thing. Okay, my six-year-old comes and brings me some macaroni drawing, and I'm like, I asked for a PlayStation game. Right. Like, are you serious with this right now? And I just, I threw it, you know? Couldn't believe it. <laughs> Garbage. It's just, we work so hard, and this is what they give us, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's I, it's I like sick. to set those kinds of things on fire in front of the children. I think it's good character building for them. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so... Right. We, uh, I just, I also just had a celebration for my one-year-old. That's and, right. Uh, that's right. Yeah, our buddy Joe got in a fist fight with uh, my uncle-in-law. No, I'm just kidding. Everything went well. <laughs> Wait, wh- are you serious? No, I'm kidding. It was oh, okay. Completely made up. No, everything was perfect. My Good. uncle-in-law actually was not even allowed to be there. Um, he had to work. Uh, they screwed him over. He works at the George Eastman uh, house. Hmm. And they're forcing him to work weekends now. It's just garbage. Yeah, that is garbage. What the hell? But uh, lots been going on the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. A whole lot. Yeah. And, and and the world is, as you know, more sensitive. It It is. <laughs> it is. I don't know, man. I'm just kidding when I say that. The truth is, is that you know, people are just becoming more awake and realizing that everybody's been sensitive since the beginning of time. It's just now we're saying, well, maybe we shouldn't be such assholes all the time. Yes. I, I, I wearing blackface. I mean, maybe maybe we shouldn't do that. I don't know. What what are your thoughts? I mean I can only I think I speak for the both of us when I say that we can only come at this as two white men because you and I can see someone in blackface and it's not going to evoke the same emotional response as someone who is black and sees a person in blackface. So I think that's the top of the the conversation. It's it's start it has to start there and it yeah. has to say that if a person of color 
has an issue with blackface, they should be listened to and understood 100 percent. My question becomes when it is in the creative realm, not just for the sake of the creative realm, for the sake of drawing attention and saying that this is racist. So I guess the biggest example is my favorite show of all time is The Office. The Office had an episode. uh, Michael Scott was gone. Um, Andy, I believe Andy was the manager. And uh, they wanted to do a Pennsylvania Dutch Christmas with Dwight and Dwight's Dwight's version of Santa Claus, Belschnickel, which is actually a real uh, Amish, German, Dutch Christmas uh, tradition. It's Belschnickel and his sidekick, Schwarte Piet. And Schwarte Piet is depicted as a man in blackface, a white man in blackface. So in the episode, Dwight comes in dressed as Belschnickel. He's doing all these funny, weird traditions. And Oscar, of course, Googles this Belschnickel and says, Dwight, hang on a second. Belschnickel um, seems pretty racist to me. He has a sidekick who's black, which is very obviously a man in blackface. That's very offensive, Dwight. And Dwight goes, come on. I mean, we don't we don't celebrate it like that anymore. I mean, come on, all nervously. Then yeah. gets on his cell phone and goes, hey, man, cancel the whole thing. And you see <laughs> Nate from the warehouse in the parking lot on his cell phone in full blackface. And he goes, oh, we're going to cancel it? Okay, no problem. And turns around and walks away. And then later on, he rejoins the party, and he's not in blackface anymore. But you can see some of the black paint, like right around, around his, his, neck. his neck. So my question becomes, and you know, if you are, if you are a person, I mean, anyone really, but if you're listening to us in the black community, my question is, it was drawn to the attention that it was racist. It was right. stopped when Dwight got nervous about it and realized, shit, this might actually be offensive. So yeah. they cut that scene. Oh, they cut that whole scene. Yeah, on Netflix. So if you uh, luckily I got the DVDs um so I can still uh, you know, I mean not that I personally enjoy people in blackface. I I enjoy that episode. Um right. but I just where is the line? Do you see do you see where I'm going with this? Where's the line exactly? If they had just a dancing guy in blackface for no reason. That's that's pretty offensive. That's very offensive in my mind. Yeah, um, I I agree with you. It, it seems like such a gray area, but when I hear you discuss it, and it is bringing back small memories for me of seeing the episode as a white man watching it, even a few years ago, I I don't think I was offended by it, nor do I think that others would have been because of the delicate subject matter and the way it was handled. Was that these people that are attempting to pull it off are the fool. Yes, they're the fool. And so that I felt like sort of made it okay that it was like, oh, let's not have an excuse to just dress up in blackface. Let's call attention to the fact that people still try to do it, and those people are idiots. Mm -hmm. That's the comedy here. Yes, correct. Hopefully, the African-American community can see that and go, okay, these white writers, I assume, 
yeah. are writing this episode to poke fun at the idea that white people still sometimes think it's okay to do this, when obviously it's not, and therefore yeah. that's part of the comedy. But that isn't necessarily ruling out the idea that an African-American can't simply see the image of someone dressed up in blackface, just the image itself, and still be hurt to some degree. Yeah. And that's and that's the part that you and I are not going to be able to wrap our heads around and understand. Right. And and I think that I feel like that's OK for me to say I don't understand. I'm not dismissing the way you feel. If if you are a person of color and that offends you, then you have every right to feel that way. You have absolutely. And I am not a person that's going to tell you that you're wrong for feeling that way because I'm not black. I don't know. I don't know what it is that you feel. I don't know what emotions that evokes. I can only speak to the facts. And the facts are simple. The writing was to poke fun at the idiots that still think that this is okay. And I 100%, I, I agree with that. I, I, I just, I don't know. And it, again, if you are listening to this um, and you're a person of color, please comment. Please let us know. Tell us we're wrong. We're here to grow. I mean, that's that's a big part of our show. But the next thing I want to talk about in the same vein, and this is a show you also love, I know, is Community. Yes. Now, I just read this article on the toilet before I came down to do the show. Oh, boy. So Netflix has pulled Reading the episode. Reading on the toilet is really an American pastime. Oh, it's an American institution. <laughs> um. The episode is Introduction to Dungeons and Dragons, or maybe Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Um, uh, Senor Chang um, is in full, painted fully black, because his character in Dungeons and Dragons is a dark elf, a black elf. An elf, a mythological creature that is completely black. And those of you that know fantasy and have played Dungeons and Dragons, i.e., myself, there are elves that are just completely black. Not not a skin pigment of a black person. Literal like midnight black, right? And he's and the line was Shirley. You know Shirley. Yes. She turns and goes to everyone, so we're just going to ignore the hate crime right here, <laughs> and points at Chang, and Chang goes, I am a dark elf. I am just trying to get into character, and he, in the episode, is completely painted black until his character is killed within Dungeons & Dragons. Now... That's not even, you know, it's, I think it was great that it was addressed by Shirley. I think it was fantastic that she said what she said. I think that that was hilarious that she spoke up and said that. Fantastic. But, again, we come back to Chang is an idiot. He's unstable. He's mentally handicapped. Right. He has a, he has a mental illness. Correct. Many, actually. Many. I, I couldn't even name them all, but many, clearly. If you've seen the yeah. if you've seen the show, you know that Chang, the character of Chang, is geez, Rocco, what would you say? I mean, bipolar, schizophrenic, delusional. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, extremely delusional with delusions of grandeur, especially that episode where he. Oh yeah, just a list of narcissism. I mean, he's he. It's wonderful. It's not funny to laugh at mental illness, but that is the vehicle with which the comedy is delivered for his character because he starts off as a what seems like a perfectly normal, maybe a little eccentric, eccentric Spanish yes. teacher. Yes, who's Asian, which is. This to me, I laughed so hard because I'm new to community and now I've watched community through four times. Yeah, I'm new. I'm fairly new to it this year. 2020 was my first community situation. I never watched it before. Right, right. I fell in love after season one. And when I when you are in that first episode and you realize it's Senor Chang and he goes into that diatribe, why would an Asian man want to teach Spanish, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, again, that's that's tricky. It's a little odd because it also brings up the concept of there being black skin on something that isn't supposed to be an African American person. Bingo. Um, that's but my still. Point too. In this day and age, there's this sort of subtext of like, well, that's what it means, even though it isn't. You know what I mean? And I know that you come across this a lot in your sci-fi world where mm-hmm. people are painted blue or black or green or orange. And, mm-hmm. you know, the person's skin tone underneath it has something to do with it. And there's a lot of nonsense going around. But at the end of the day, why don't we just listen? We'll just make the comedy. We'll do what we think is right. And then we'll listen. And if people are saying that that isn't, then all we can do is say, well, okay, we hear you. We're moving on. And we're sorry. But, but coming from, you know, you and I are comedy legends doing this show. And I, and I understand that. Yeah. Still sorting with. through the fan mail now. Exactly. And, you know, obviously my illustrious career in stand-up um, <laughs> gives me a lot of insight into comedy. But, you know, I go back to a South Park episode where Kyle said it's either all okay or none of it's okay. And we're sorry that you get offended by it, but, you know, it's comedy. It's meant to tickle the brain. It's not meant to be taken seriously. But then you come back and as a rational person, which is myself, I like to consider myself at sometimes a rational person, except for when waiting in line at Aldi, um, is that I, you know, is that right, though? Is that is that fully correct? Um, because, you know, you can offend people and some of the things you do can be a dog whistle to white supremacists and stuff yeah. like that. Y- in, and I had this conversation with LJ is that you have everyone has a responsibility to their words. And if you have a very large platform, what you're saying can mean something to the wrong group. Right. And I, I, I tend to agree with that. And at what was said on South Park, I, I got to say that I, I don't think I agree with at all. Um, the idea that either all of it's okay or none of it is. I, I just, I think that that's lazy. I well, think you know that what that they suggests... were talking about specifically. You know what they were talking about specifically? Cause I want no, you uh... to be, I, I want to hear your answer okay. and, and what you're going to say. 
Do you remember when a, a comic, uh, a person in, in the Netherlands, he was a comedy writer and he would write comics in the paper and he wrote a comic depicting about the, the prophet. Yeah, the Prophet Muhammad. They dragged a bunch of Muslims, dragged him out of his studio and beat him to death publicly. And right. that was their response was, wow, like, holy shit. You want people to say you're not a violent community and this is what you do. So they that was that's in that was their response to that happening. Your what that's you were going to say. That's fine, but it's still like LJ agreed there are there's weight to your words there's responsibility to your words and no matter who you are muslim christian doesn't matter when you say something you have to own up to it and you have to expect you have to take on those responsibilities and so for example a few people that a few muslims that that attacked this dutch uh, comic writer they were in the wrong no matter who you are Violence against someone else is simply wrong. Um, and there's a lot of different interpretations uh, of the Torah, of the Quran, of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And if you just extrapolate or, or flip it and, and pretend we are in the U.S., um, you know, this, this Dylan, whoever his name was, who went into the church, the black church, and killed mm-hmm. all those black people mm-hmm. um, just a few years ago in South Carolina— mm-hmm. Uh, I swear to you, he had some sort of religious reason, didn't he? Yeah, I believe, I believe so. There's there's people co-opting religion in the name in the name of violence, constantly. So, yep. To say, oh, you're see, you're a you're a violent religion. First of all, Islam is the single largest religion in the world. That is correct. Are yep. so the more people that follow the religion the more tendency there will be to have violent people that follow the religion. Sure. Just the numbers, just, just based on numbers numbers game. Right. Yeah. And, and so to pretend that violence has something more to do with, with Islam than it does with Christianity, read the Bible, just fucking just read the Bible. I hate when people are like violence. I mean, it's, it's the crusades was what? 100, 200, 300. I don't know how many, centuries long of mm-hmm. violence around the world in the name of Christ. So mm-hmm. let's let's stop right there. And and so to go back to what Trey and what's his face? Matt. Matt and Trey were saying about about that is like that is appalling. The idea that you can't even draw Muhammad in a cartoon way or 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 anything like that. Okay, for the people here in the West yeah, that seems absurd because we're we can draw our presidents, mm-hmm. we can draw our first ladies, we can draw all kinds of important people, important figures. We're very used to that. In fact, we we breathe it in and we breathe it out like every single day of our life. But for people over there, and I and I mean, in the Asian, Eurasian areas where where Islam is very very popular there's a lot of fundamentalists that that really do believe that you shouldn't do that and it really like really 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 offends them yeah. and this dutch comic knew that he he didn't do it yeah. accidentally he did it on purpose oh, and he knew he was taking a risk so look at the end of the day you and i agree that most religion if not all of it is completely stupid 
And it leads to shit like this. I'm going to tell one one religious. And I don't even know if it's religious, but it's the Native Americans, man. I think if anyone got that shit right, it was them because their gods were all about nature. There's the the tree gods, the plant gods, the fucking, you know, and it was all fucking nature. I think if anyone, anyone got it the closest, it would be the Native Americans. But I still don't believe in religion, so. (laughs) <laughs> right, and it's not even so much that it was factual or based on truth, but the, just the idea that it didn't ever seem like they used their religion to get people to uh, follow them or, or use religion with violence or something like that. You know what I mean? It seemed as if their religion, for, and obviously there's many different types, okay? We're not sure. repeating the broad brush here, was just about survival. And, and passing on, you know, traditions and culture into the next generation. It, it wasn't necessarily about, like, they never went on missions to get other tribes to believe in what they believed in. Exactly. You know? They they were normal. When they warred against other tribes, it was for resources. Right. Like, I I get, like, for war, in, in, in war, I understand war if... Hey, we have a country. You have a country. Your country has a lot of water. Do you mind sharing some of that with us? Oh, you're just not going to? All right, then we're going to go to war for part of that water. Like, right. I can I can wrap my head around that. Mm-hmm. Like, I can. I don't. I'm not saying, oh yeah, war, kill everybody. But I'm saying, if you've okay, exhausted I get it. all diplomatic reasons, then yeah. Yeah, but if it's like, oh, you're brown and you believe in a different god than me, then it's like, yeah. Well, the wars the today are for that reason, but they don't. They won't say it. They they use no. other reasons. Yeah, the um, war on terror. But yeah, so back to the whole comedy thing. Yes, yes. is it okay? It, either all of it's okay or or none of it is. And I disagree. I think that that's lazy. What that suggests is that you don't want to have to parse through your words. You don't want to have to sift through what you're going to say. Uh, and you'd like to be able to make fun of anyone at any time. The problem is, is that Matt and Trey are white, affluent men who have the now. ability to make fun of anyone, including themselves and their own race, without recourse. So, but of it, course, they feel that way. Because the second, the second that they are going, oh, 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 we can't say that? Oh, then they get mad at the world. Like, it's the world's fault for being sensitive. That pisses me off. But isn't it odd? And right now, they're still campaigning hashtag cancel South Park. Um, they're trying to, they're actively trying to get canceled. Their episodes getting more and more offensive every time. The last season was just flat out, what can I do to just be the like for us to get canceled, they they're trying and they have said in interviews that they don't understand in this current climate, in this current cancel culture, why no one talks about South Park. No one says anything. You know what I mean? Like it just gets right. more and more and more and more offensive. And is I guess. Why? Why have they specifically not been targeted, not been touched? Is it just that that's the expectation of South Park? It's one of my most fav- one of my most favorite shows of all time. I wonder. That's a good question. I wonder. My my first theory is that the audience itself knows what to expect, and I think you just hit the nail on the head that 
they've just they've risen to that level where everybody expects that kind of thing. Had South Park just come out this year and they started saying something like that? No. They'd be canceled right. right away. And yeah. it's kind of a wonder that they didn't get canceled in the first few seasons because, you know, it was absurd. I mean, I think the first episode is when the um, the aliens put that probe satellite up Cartman's ass. Yes, that was the I mean, first so episode. If you think about that, we're talking about, and then the, the doctor, that weird doctor had to, like, go in there and touch the little boy's butthole to get the thing to come out. I mean, yeah, that's sodomy. We're talking about sodomy episode one. <laughs> yes, to a third grader. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I don't think it would survive now had it just come out. But because it's been on the the what twenty years now, thir- uh, 97, years? 97. Twenty yeah. three fucking years of of this. So yeah, people are completely tuned out. They don't care, or they expect it, or it's not even enough. I bet there's some fans going, ah, that wasn't sharp enough. That wasn't edgy enough. You know, they're looking for more. Yeah, I mean, and uh, they even did uh, the Kaepernick take a knee um, episode. I don't know if you remember that, no. which I thought was genius. So at the time of that, uh, what's his name? J.J. Um, Abrams was rebooting everything, and it was beautiful. So J.J. Abrams rebooted Star Trek, and it was gorgeous. J.J. Abrams was doing the next Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens, at the time, and it was genius. So uh, the U.S. government goes to J.J. Abrams, and they're, like, at the gates of his mansion, and they're like, J.J., please hear us. We need (laughs) you to reboot the national anthem, for the national anthem has now torn apart our country. We need you to unite us through a reboot. And then they're like, how do we know what he does? And you just, like, see J.J.'s silhouette in the window, and they're like, one light means no, two lights means yes. (laughs) <laughs> that he oh, turns on two little that. lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the whole episode, you just you just know he's rebooting it. And then right at the end, they say, all right, here is the reboot of the national anthem. Please stand, sit, or kneel for the national anthem. And then they just played the national anthem. Right. So the only thing they altered was the expectation. <laughs> yes. That you stand, Please stand, sit, sit or kneel. <laughs> Right. So no one can protest it, essentially. In essence, yes. Yeah, and everyone is involved. Yeah, and that's that's the genius of South Park. Yes. Um, that they're they're able to flip something and come out of left field and say, well, think about it in a completely different way. What if we just said that it is respectful, that no matter what you do, whether you're sitting, standing, or kneeling, you're doing it in the name of the national anthem. Yeah. But... We we're white men. We're talking about yes. white men, about other white men. You know, it's just like we're not in these other people's shoes. And I I learned at an early age that before you judge someone or something, you have to put yourself in their shoes, mm-hmm. or at least attempt to. And and yeah. no one's doing that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just and you have to realize, and you've said this too, to an extent, we cannot put ourselves in an african-american shoes you can't you're right you can't you can't so i, I don't know you, you we could talk not... until our faces are blue honestly but there's people out there that that just don't want to hear it and those people need to die 
Well, yeah, but I think the <coughs> excuse me. I think the um the worst is the people that don't understand what white privilege means. I actually had this conversation over the weekend, you know, and it was a white person saying, "Well, I hate when I hate when they say white privilege. I had a rough life. I had a tough life. You know, I know plenty of black people that have had it way better than me." So how can you sit here and say that I have white privilege? And I tried to explain that it's about being in a neighborhood, an affluent neighborhood that you live in, and not being questioned as to why you're there because of the color of your skin. Right. It's about not being followed around a store thinking that you're going to steal. It's about being able to go uh, not having to have a restriction on the real estate you choose. That doesn't mean that you, you you're white. So you just get a check in the mail every month that says, here's your white person check. Right, right, right. And he it's, kind of understood. Yeah. And, and there's so much more to it though. There's a free economics uh, documentary about it. I mean, they talk about how you have 50 applications with black sounding names on them and 50 applications with white sounding names. Guess which applications got phone calls? Oh, a- absolutely. You know, absolutely. so that's that's a privilege issue there. Unless you want to say, well, then why don't you fucking name your kids Michael and Thomas and Sarah? Well, because fuck you, this is America. They should be able to name their kids whatever they want. But that and and you're right, and that goes even deeper. So the whole like assimilation, the culture. names, the the names, yeah. Um, you know, when people say that, is do you remember when we brought them here on boats and stripped them of their culture, and they had no culture and had right. to create their own culture? So now they create their own culture, and they can't even have that either. Right. <laughs> Just shut up. Just shut yeah. the fuck up. And that's and that's what's frustrating to me is I like, well, none of my ancestors had slaves. Okay, congratulations, man. That's great. But you are still reaping the benefits of the folks that Mm -hmm. did have slaves. You're reaping those benefits, whether you believe it or you don't believe it. It doesn't matter if you believe it. It's the truth. I I'm able to. Dude. Uh, who was uh, Rick and I were talking about this. Some of the shit we did in high school and in college, the pranks we pulled, driving around, doing stupid shit in the town of Greece, really, really bad shit. Yeah. Dude, if we were black. Like, Not yeah. Well, it, it's funny because uh, if we sit here and tell ourselves, OK, let's let's say we run for office, you and me, which is still on the table. Yeah. Let's air out all of the things that we've done in the past that <laughs> may not be agreeable today. And we've done a lot of stupid shit. And one time I remember kind of learning and, and still didn't digest it completely until I was older. But I was in college. Uh, it was my second, no, third year, junior in college. I was still living in the dorms because it was just a great time. And I was in this high rise where, so, okay, so like every two floors... It was weird. You could see these giant windows through a hallway area. Mm -hmm. So from the outside, you could look into these giant windows and essentially see the hallway of two floors. Mm -hmm. And if you went up to the hallway of the second floor of that Mm -hmm. window, there was like a little balcony. And so during Halloween, 
Mm-hmm. I hung a stuffed person off of that balcony. Oh my so god! Was, you know, creepy and horrifying. Sure, it is. And the RA came to me and said, "Hey, you know, we got to take it down." And I was like, "Okay, why?" He goes, "Well, it's it's kind of offensive." And I and I couldn't understand. Why. I was like, "What? What offensive? How? Like, what do you mean? Like, I, and I wasn't even realizing that, like, because it looks like someone being lynched." And yes. there was a black person living in that hallway. So furthermore, not only was it offensive to any black person that could see it anywhere, but especially the guy who lived two doors down. Mm-hmm. And it made it look like I was doing it on purpose to him, like it was some sort of symbol against him or something. Yes. Now, at the time, I didn't really get it. I mean, I wasn't ready to set the whole campus on fire because my freedoms were infringed upon. Sure. Um, but at the time, I was like, well, I kind of felt like it was borderline. Like, after someone said that, I was like, well, I kind of get it, but that's not really it. But, you know, yeah, okay. yeah. I didn't really fight it. But now looking back, it's like, dude, no. No, 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 no. For mm-hmm. 400 years, this has been happening. Black people have been being lynched for absolutely no reason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, looking back now, it's like, fuck, I should not have done that. But it's a learning curve. No. And that's exactly, what white privilege the, is. You know, it's you have the privilege to learn stuff <laughs> the easy way. Well, yes, the easy way. But at the same time, you still you you did the action. You were able to internalize, say, OK, this is why what I did was wrong. And this is right. how I'm going to improve myself. And I think that these white people that get so like like I don't need I'm not a racist like dude, chill out. Like you're allowed to make a mistake. I was telling, uh, you know, we are, we are as white men, we are conditioned in institutionalized racism. So for instance, I went somewhere and I parked and I got out of my car and I looked to my right and there is a group of five or six black men and they are all looking at me getting out of my car. And the predefined prejudice mm-hmm. that that goes into that that has been fed into me since I was a small child goes fear response. Yeah. But then the educated person in me that is working on being a better person says, pause, stop. That is a prejudiced thought in your brain you need to turn that off because it's untrue what you're thinking and then you move on and then you grow from there and that's what people need to do some look at television programs when we were younger the bad guy the bank robber was always black the person in jail was always black the person committing the crime was always it was then television yeah all the time. I mean, that is what we were conditioned. We were conditioned to fear. Right. And we need to be able to grow from that. Yeah, and, and furthermore, the media, you know, sensationalized a lot of the, oh, there's a shooting in, in this neighborhood. There's a crime in that neighborhood. There's this and this and that. And it was always about the black neighborhood having issues. But, mm-hmm. I, but they're not focusing on the crimes that occur necessarily under the covers in white mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, corporate crime is happening. Sure. And I, I still don't see it brought up on the nightly news. You know what I mean? 
corporate welfare when they're sitting there talking about, well, if you look at the this area, the, most of the people are on welfare, and it's like, which is a drop in the bucket in comparison to the tax breaks in corporate welfare that has been given to white businessmen in America for at least 100 years. But that's not flashy. That's not sexy. That's not going to sell papers. That's not going right. to get people to turn the dial. And it's going to get people that like you and I that are white when we were younger and, and less educated on the topic to say, ooh, black, bad. That's bad. Right. And it's not true. There's no there's no cre there's no credence to that. There's there's no truth to that. Right. I, I think it. It's so important for people to spend time around others, mm -hmm. others that are different, with be and it travel. color, religion, um, you know, cultural stuff. It just be around other people so that you can learn that being different is actually a strength. Um, the more and more you spend time with kids, you see that they they don't see color any differently than they see eye color or hair color. Like to them, it's just like skin color is just another thing that could be different on a person. Like it's not an issue because they haven't been taught or given misinformation about someone. And I'll agree that to an extent, like as an adult, I think that there's a genetic predisposition to having a fear of others that don't look like you. Yes, you know, and that goes back to the Neanderthal tribalism, and, and, right? Out of fear, because someone who looks slightly different than you is probably out to kill you. Uh, but we're supposed to be evolved, and we're supposed to be more educated on that. Um, and obviously, children don't have that reflex. Mm -hmm. You know, so racism is taught at the end of the day. And I think it, we also need to realize that, yeah, the world is, is sensitive, but it's always been sensitive. And now the sensitive people simply have a voice. Oh, you yeah. Know? Social media. Social and, and media 60s, is able to. 70s, 80s and 90s when comics were saying whatever the fuck they wanted. It doesn't mean that, that they weren't offending people. It just yeah. means now people are saying, OK, enough's enough. That's all. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And it's I don't even know. It, it's. This world is a crazy place. But let's take a break. When we come back, uh, let's just talk some more. Okay. Pull our penises out. Oh, already out. Good. We'll be right back. Are you a small business looking to advertise on Critical Mass Podcast? Well, check us out on our Facebook page, at Critical Mass Podcast 69. Contact us there to find out what your options are. We'd love to get the word out there about your business. Check us out. And we're back. Yes, we are. Woo. So I wanted to bring up something real quick before we talk about what we've been watching lately. And that is um, this person called Scott Hall. <laughs> yeah, I'll say his name. I don't give a fuck. He commented on this um, uh video that was shared by uh, a friend of mine and and it was about this african-american man who walked through the streets of new york city wearing a what would have been a redskins a washington redskins t-shirt okay with the logo of the native american on the front and the word redskins on the bottom 
Instead, it was altered to look like a Caucasian man, and the word said Caucasians. Uh, and it pissed a lot of people off. A lot of people were offended. And his whole point was, well, look what you're doing. You're walking around with this logo, this racist logo, uh, with a what is essentially the N-word for Native Americans. Yep. And it offends a lot of people. It's awful. And the Native American community has come out and said, we're not okay with this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he wears the shirt to prove a point. Well, this guy, Scott Hall, okay, says a bunch of stupid, stupid shit. Do you know this person personally? No, he's friends with the, with the woman who, who originally wrote this. So I write, Caucasian isn't even a racial slur. It should say crackers. <laughs> because redskin does not equal Caucasian. Like, it's not yeah, even no, close. Correct. So Scott decides to say to me, cracker refers to Florida cowboys way back in the day, not slave owners beating slaves. Cattle ranching started in Florida. Okay, cool, who man. gives a shit? That's not what it means to people today. Yeah. Okay, like the word gay. That took on a different meaning, didn't it? Yeah. So I say to Scott, etymology doesn't really matter here. Yeah. He goes, You'll, y'all turn cracker into a slur, but it really ain't my point. I said, Scott Hall, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> that would, yeah, we don't He care. said, you care or you would not have said something. And I said... No one cares about your bullshit opinion. So he says, yes, you do. I'm the only sane some bitch out here. <laughs> oh, God. And then he has a donkey dropping a mic. And so I just, <laughs> I have a gif of a little girl at a birthday party sticking her tongue out with the loser sign on her forehead. Um, and then he says to the woman who shared it, he said, the Redskins logo ain't racist. You are too damn sensitive. Now, this is a woman of color, and she says, Scott Hall, you don't get to decide what offends another race, honey. Why are you trolling on my page? <laughs> Good. It just brings up the, the, the concept that white men do not fucking get it. No, they don't. They can't decide what makes something sensitive or not sensitive. They, they have no idea. No, none. We have none. I mean, I, I, in our first segment, we're talking about blackface. With the only frame of reference is the only frame of reference that you and I have is blackface equal bad. Right. Just don't do it. Just and, don't. And, but we can't just we can't understand the emotions that it evokes. Just right. like with the redskin symbol, having a, a Native American seeing that we can't or the Cleveland Indian symbol, we can't um, we can't understand how it makes them feel because I'm not Native American and I'm not one of those weirdos that goes, well, I'm 116th Cherokee. Fuck off. Fuck out of well, here. I hate and, that. And I brought this up to my dad many years ago and he said, well, you know, people aren't realizing that it's meant to honor them. Well, I get that if you want to have a sports team and you want to appear fearsome and tough or better and you want to co-opt the symbol to do that because you think Native Americans are ruthless or strong or whatever They're it is. That you yeah. For. Yeah. I get it, but it's a caricature. The Cleveland Indians logo is a fucking racist caricature. 
the word Redskins is a slur. Yes. Like, if you want to, ha- if you want to honor the people, fucking have a talk with them first. Use a tribe name. Use an actual the the Washington but even still, Iroquois if you use a tribe name. You need to have permission to do that. You know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. But when you say you're going to honor something, that's like saying um, I want to honor African Americans, so I'm going to name my team the N words. Like, right. <laughs> that's not right. That doesn't honor. That doesn't honor them at all. Um, or, you know, or, or you know. What what were the uh, I don't I forgot the word of the ne- the slaves that were that fought to the death that were paid to fight to the death the what yes yeah like can you imagine that like that's fucking insensitive yeah but they were tough they fought to the death shut up you don't fucking yeah. get it yeah you don't like, get it it's at all. not about that it's about how it makes other people feel it's about referencing something that was wrong yes you don't want to bring that up constantly what the fuck is wrong with you it's like saying the rapists. Hey, rapists are strong. You know, they get away with stuff. Okay. Oh, yeah. The San Francisco rapists are getting on the field. Right. What the fuck? I don't know why. Everybody's just so damn sensitive. No, you are privileged and nothing affects you. You could walk down the street holding a gun. It wouldn't matter, you fucking idiot. Yeah. The president of the United States is a wealthy white man who said... I could hold out a gun on what did he say Fifth Avenue or something Fifth Avenue and shoot and, and mur- shoot someone, someone and nothing would yep. happen to me, and he's yep. fucking right. Anyways, I'm swearing and there's children upstairs. This is the thing, Dan, <sighs> and I think this is a perfect segue into a European singing contest. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, the the Eurovision uh, Netflix uh, 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 movie, little Netflix movie, the with story of. And- uh, Rachel McAdams, uh, yes. who, by the way, I think Rachel McAdams just fucking crushed that role. Um, yes. What a what a funny, wonderful little movie. Um, you said that you laughed out loud and actually uh, lost your breath laughing so hard at one moment. Yes. I I did not laugh out loud, um, but I giggled pretty much the entire movie. I was giggling, and for me, that's worth it. Well, I for me, the scene when he was on the hamster wheel, and as soon as it All grabbed you have to her say scarf, is when he's on the hamster wheel, and it just how and, do you not start laughing? As soon as it grabbed her scarf, yeah. and the way she went down, <laughs> I I was laughing so hard I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. I was like choking. I was gasping for air, um, which was just absolutely great. And then another scene that made me laugh hysterically is, and I think that that comes with good writing, because I think this was a very well-written Gary Sanchez film, which, uh, you know, the same people that did Wedding Crashers and a lot of other uh, movies in that uh, wheelhouse. It's Gary Sanchez Um, Productions, but doesn't Will Ferrell own that? Isn't that his production? I believe so. Or he wrote it with some other guy. It wasn't Gary Sanchez. I'm not even sure Gary Sanchez is a real person. I don't think so either. It's just that's the name of the production company, Gary Sanchez Production. Um, whatever that means, it's probably an inside joke that they have. But what I love is there's that there's that scene where he goes, uh, they're like, yeah, um, that's like so-and-so, and then the other guy from Wham! that no one remembers. Yeah, and then he And Will Ferrell <laughs> immediately had the name, which tells us that people have been saying how irrelevant Will Ferrell's character is Probably so many times that he actually had the guy's name ready. Right. 
So his entire life, he's been told how stupid and irrelevant he is. Right. To be able to have that name right there. Oh, dude, I started crying. I was crying. I was like, that is fantastic. That's so funny to me. The whole thing was was done really well. Um, you know, the backdrop is the kind of poking fun at Icelandic or Nordic cultures, uh, which yeah. are extremely polite um, and a bit odd, at least to American audiences. Um, yes. And yet there's that sort of weird thing where they were also making fun of American tourists. Oh, well. God. So no yeah, one, was, no one was really. I hate you. Safe. I really, really hate you. Gets <laughs> <laughs> fucking stand up. Um, it just, it was just done so really well, and their their accents and it, you know the whole concept of it, it's a small town. Really, that's also the thing was there was a lot of small town humor. Yes. It wasn't necessarily so much Icelandic or European, but it, the idea that no matter where you are, if you live in a small town, certain things are happening. Like that, the idea that like you're at a bar, you're the only musical act in town, and all they want to hear is that stupid fucking song. Oh and you want to kill yourself. Yep. And you're giving out tickets to the guy who's like, I'm not paying this. And you're like, I know where you fucking live. Yeah. Like, you're going to pay the ticket. We know where you live. <laughs> you will ultimately have to pay the ticket. <laughs> it's brilliant. It was so good. Um, oh, yeah. So I recommend it. It's funny. It's it's lighthearted. Um, it's, it's just very good. Will Ferrell with the long hair. It's just it's absurd. It's so good. Dude, I I, I loved. And then just the, the whole thing, I think the way it ended... Um, even though they were disqualified, they played that song and, um, you know, Rachel McAdams character sang it. Um, that was not Rachel McAdams. That was not her real voice. Uh, they had a stand in singer. Yeah. If, if that were her voice, then she's in the wrong fucking medium. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie though. It made me misty. Um, you know, when she was like singing in, in Icelandic, and right. talking about her town where she grew up and just the love that that she has for it and how the whole town connected with that. And they thought that these two were a fucking joke. And to show that even though this town treated them so poorly, that how much they love their town. And that that got me in the emotional buttons um, yeah. for sure. Uh, but it was just, you know, Will Ferrell's character was so outlandish, I think was just it was hysterical how outlandish he was um well i i don't know that i'd call it so outlandish i thought it was perfectly comedic in the sense that it was just a little bit off well i i just think that like how outlandish for instance in that scene where he's like no my my father is ashamed of me no he's not no he literally looked me dead in the eye and said <laughs> I am ashamed of you. Well, yeah. maybe he was drunk. No, no. He made it a point to say, <laughs> I am dead sober I'm right sober. now. <laughs> like, to me, that's just so outlandish, but so hysterical. Oh, it's very I, Will Ferrell, though. Oh, abso absolutely. Um, the other thing that I like, which I thought was really creative, was um, the marketing for this film was the music video Volcano Man um, that came out a few months ago. Oh, so, I didn't even see that. A few months, the beginning of the movie opens up to a music video of Volcano Man, 
if you remember the beginning of this movie. Right. <laughs> so that was there was no trailer for the movie a few months it was ago. Just that. This video came out and everyone's like, is this going to be a movie? What is this volcano, man? What the hell is this? And then yeah. a few weeks later, it was followed up with there's going to be a movie called Eurovision. It's going to be a comedy and it's going to involve this music video somehow, but no other trailer. And what I love is then the movie opens up to the music video and I had already seen it. So I was like, OK, I kind of don't know what I'm getting. And then it snaps and the video was all in their brains. They were in his father's basement with their weird headgear costume like yeah like playing it <laughs> and i was like yes i am i am already happy i'm watching this movie yeah yeah it, it it was worth it um i because of i got tired and i couldn't really finish it but i had to stop it right when uh will ferrell leaves uh where were they edinburgh yeah and go so i had to stop it right there because i was tired but i picked it up again uh last night after I finished the movie Lady Bird, which I was not as impressed with as I thought it mm. would be. Um, and, and so I, I do give my endorsement to, I guess, Critical Mass in general, two thumbs up to Eurovision. Uh, what, what was it? Fires? Uh, the story of Fire Saga. Fire Saga, yes. Um, so watch that. But on a, a little bit more serious note, if anybody has HBO... Listen, get the get the seven day free trial or fourteen day free trial, whatever you got to do. HBO, right. HBO Now, HBO Go, whatever you got to do. HBO Max, I don't know. There is a series called "I Know This Much Is True," and it is a six episode series, uh, about one hour each. Unreal, dude. So good, so good. Uh, what's his face is in it? Help me out here. Uh, I- he I plays himself and his twin brother, and um, it's it's. What else was great. he in? Um, Spotlight. Um, I have Mark no Ruff- idea. Mark, oh, Ruff- Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Jesus, the Incredible Hulk. You know, it's yes. me, and you couldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't have the guy's IMDb list of movies in my head. Anyways, uh, incredible performance by him and everybody in that movie. In that movie, that well, basically a six-hour movie if you think about it. Um, just, just so good. I, I really implore people to watch it. It's just so good. Um, From the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you, we're don't forget a towel.com your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. It only holds them for so long. It's it's awful, really. And we're back! <laughs> oh, in our fuck you section. All Everybody's right. favorite uh, part of the show. I have a long laundry list of fuck yous. Uh, do you have anything in mind, Rocco? I have, yeah, I have a very, very quick one, and I'm going to leave it quick because it's going to get my blood boiling, and I'm going to use a, uh, I'm going to use, what's it called, a a soundbite that, you know, I learned from our fearless and wonderful president. Um, Ready? Make fireworks hard to buy again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of everyone... Um, 
doing it all over the city, all over the town, all over the county. I'm not sure if you hear him too. Oh, constantly um, fucking Fallujah out here, dude. Yeah, and then the conspiracy theorists coming out saying, you know, military psycho military psychology before a place is going to be invaded. They like to shoot off fireworks, the governments, the army to like put people in fear. And I'm just like, no, dude, it's that it's easy to get fucking fireworks now in New York. Yeah, it, was, it, it became legal in New York State. You can buy them at Walmart. You can buy them anywhere. Um, one of my biggest problems is that living in Greece, I don't know what the policy has changed in the last couple of years. But last year, kids across the street were shooting off M80s. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's this it's the rapid fire sound of pop, 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 yeah. pop, pop, pop. And. So it sounds a lot like gunfire and not just gunfire, yeah. but semi-automatic gunfire. Yeah. And, I, uh, you know, they're doing it at times. It didn't even matter what time of day it was. But if you have a, a baby trying to sleep, it's fucking terrifying and it's annoying. It's very difficult to get a baby to sleep when they're hearing that kind of shit. I also have two other young children that needed naps and that's hard to do. So I called the police several times and eventually was able to speak to one of them over the phone. And he said to me, look, I can ask them to stop. I can ask them to be more neighborly. But at the end of the day, Bill Rylick, your town supervisor of the town of Greece, mm -hmm. has, has, is overseeing uh, the town right now legally on the books because it's coming from an organic matter, an explosion with fire. It does not break the Grease Sound Ordinance, which is that any sound traveling outside your property and entering the property of another person breaks the sound barrier, the, the sound ordinance. Mm -hmm. Well, that really only applies to, like, music coming out of an electronic device. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay? You can't have a band set up and play if it's bothering your neighbors. You can't, mm -hmm. you can't be playing your boombox so loud that it bothers your neighbors. But... You could shoot off fireworks all day without legal consequence. So I know that in other towns, like where you live, and I've heard some other places, the laws are slightly different. Um, but for us here, we can't do shit about it. So we've been instructed to that it's it's not legal right now, um, even though they're selling them. It's not legal to um, utilize them in at your at your domicile. Um, if you go somewhere to light them off, <clears throat> that's one thing, but you're not supposed to be doing it within your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we've been instructed to just call 911 every time we hear fireworks. Um, and then we did, and then nothing happened. It just continued. So, you know, fuck, fuck fireworks, fuck people that are just so inconsiderate, you know, just so inconsiderate. Um, it's incredible. It's just incredible how stupid and inconsiderate people are. Um, Selfish. Yeah. Yeah. So fuck you to them. That's that's all I got. Yeah. And a good one, too. A short but sweet. But let me tell you, good. Because those people are pieces of fucking shit. Mm -hmm. You selfish pricks. Yes. Okay. Um, I guess I'll just start with a, the top one here. Now, I get so frustrated about the small things in life that... Do, do seem small to other people, but to me, it's just it's proof that you're incompetent and you don't know how to run a business. Um, 
back a few weeks ago, I had hurt my ankle and I had to call around to different, you know, immediate cares because I went mm-hmm. to the one near me first and then had to make an appointment at the workers compensation only immediate care on the other side of town, um, which, by the way, because of COVID-19 does not open on weekends. That's so very this, helpful. This is an urgent immediate care center that is not open on the weekends. So just think about that. Most immediate cares that you could think of are open 24 hours because they are an alternate to the ER or at least open till like eight or nine at night. Okay. Every, every single day. This one just closes on weekends. Now. Very urgent. The other, the other immediate cares within that branch. Okay. Of Rochester regional health. Didn't even know that. So when I call on a Saturday to, to, to see if I can even start work on a Monday based on what the doctor could see on the x-rays or whatever, there was, it just rang. The phone just rang, just rang and rang and rang and rang and rang two to three minutes each time I called and I just had to hang up. I called a different immediate care and I said, what's up with your, uh, Penfield branch? Why aren't they answering the phone? Yeah. And she goes, well, hold on. They should be there. Let me call. So she calls. Nothing. She gets back to me and says, oh, I'm sorry. I guess they're closed on the weekends. Okay. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay. You should have known that. You all should know that. And second of all, the fucking message. There should be an outgoing message as soon as I call that number. Hey, this is Penfield Immediate Care. We're not open on the weekends because of COVID-19. If you need blah, 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 call blah, blah, blah. Why can't they do that? It's fucking 2020. I don't understand. You're a fucking medical office. Yeah, there's there's no excuse for that, especially working in my industry. There is yeah. no excuse for not having an outgoing message that doesn't say that. It's really not that difficult to do. It's really not difficult. Uh, dude, I just I couldn't believe it. I was like, "What? I, what year are we living in?" So for them to, be, I mean, unless they're on, you know, an old POTS line system, which you know, uh, not a lot of companies, not even people at home have POTS lines anymore. So it's I don't know. the dumbest thing. I, I it's absurd. Uh, it's just lazy, is what it is. They're being lazy. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck yeah. you to them. All right, that felt good. Yeah, it does. It's a nice release. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Dan, it's just good talking to you today. I I missed last week, um, just because of Father's Day. Luckily, I I had a I had a fantastic day on Father's Day, which was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's about it. I just I just want to say thank you to everyone that keep listening to us. Um. You know, I do see the, the little spikes in, in listens, and it's it's kind of nice to see that. Um, so just yeah, thanks. thanks. Um, if you like the show, please share it out. Please tell people about us. Um, that's how we grow. That's how we get better. That's how we get bigger. Yeah. Um, if so you thanks. like what we said, tell us. If you don't like what we said, tell us. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah, ex- exactly. Let's talk about it. Um, but with that being said, um, thank you to our friends over at the Insensitive Culture Podcast. Yes. Um, we uh, they just just dropped literally five minutes ago uh, the next Star Warriors podcast. So check right. them out on don'tforgettotowel.com. 
Dan, I don't know if you know this, but you can also find us at don'tforgetatowel.com. That's right. As well as on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, don't forget our friends at the Genesee Beard Company. Um, as well as, I feel like I'm forgetting someone. No. Everyone's okay. dead to us. That's true. Everyone is dead to us. Well, hey, thanks everyone for joining us today. Party on, Wayne. Bye. Bye.